Hey guys, it's Brittany. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast, where we have long form conversations and hear stories from people who are bringing truth, inspiration, and encouragement into the world. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Brittany Jones. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. I know I say this every time, but I am really excited to have this guest on today. This is my friend Lizzie Lopez. Hey Lizzie, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How is, how's it going? Going, girl. I'm so glad to have you on. I'll do a little backstory real quick before we jump in, but Lizzie and I met not too long ago. We've been part of the same small group from our church for what, eight months now, maybe? I don't even know how long. Yeah. A little little while. It feels much longer. Yeah. (laughs) But it's been so cool because you and your husband are somewhat new to Florida and got plugged into our church not that long ago. And we did a sign-up weekend in the lobby and Lizzie and her husband signed up for our group. And we have an awesome group. I mean, no, not totally bragging, but definitely bragging on God because he brought a really amazing group together with us. And Lizzie and her husband are part of that. I found out shortly thereafter that Lizzie has a YouTube channel of her own and has been very successful in teaching people how to manage their money, budget, finance. That is all her world. And that is not my world. And so I'm super excited to have you on today, Lizzie, to help me and my listeners um, just understand better what they can be doing right now as the world is a little crazy in in regards to finance, um, what they can be doing to kind of help themselves, if you will. So welcome. Thank you for being here. And why don't we jump right in? I'll have you share a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. All right. Where do I start? Um, As you mentioned, my husband and I, we did move. We moved from upstate New York in 2017. So it was kind of drastic, but we felt that this was the right move for us. And in doing so, you know, you get caught up in the the crowd. You get influenced by loved ones and people that just want the best for you. So in the six months of us living here, we didn't really know the area. We really didn't know what where we wanted to live, but we did love, you know, the the small town feel of where we had chosen to move to. So again, not knowing the traffic and all of that, uh, we moved forward in buying a brand new construction home six months into us being in a new state. And it was because we were influenced to, you know, this is the best thing to do living in Florida. You know, you buy new, buy new, buy new. And so, of course, uh, we jumped into that, not really having the education of what this entailed. And so we got into this beautiful home. I loved it, but it wasn't in the area. I didn't, it wasn't my home. I don't know if you can kind of fill yeah. in not the dream home. So I had was filled with anxiety. We get into this home and that is when we discovered that we needed to really get right with our finances. Um, so it's just my husband and I and our two dogs. So we're like, well, we're, we're so young, like we should be 
planning out better and planning for our future and all of the things. So in 2020, right in the beginning of the pandemic, we made the decision to sell that house so that way we can pay off all of our debt and start over. And so that's kind of where we're at now in that start over phase. <laughs> um, so we are 100% debt free um, using the principles and things that I've learned along the way. And now we're just working to save for our next house right now. That's kind of the journey that we're in. So awesome. I don't know how long it'll take, but we're, we're, we're in there. We're yeah. doing it. I'm so proud of you guys. That's such a huge move. And something that I think even like, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, Lizzie. Um, <laughs> but I think people my age, people my parents' age, like there are people across the age spectrum who haven't even really considered that yet and maybe are now really considering it for the first time. So I know that's a little of your backstory. Tell us what your background is as far as money, finance. I know you've worked in banks and obviously your YouTube channel um, is that's the main focus of it. So tell us a little bit about uh, where that all came from. Well, I've been, yeah, I've been in banking since I was in college. So and I think in 2011, I first got into being a teller. I worked part-time, went to school, um, took business, graduated in um, business, with business administration. So I'm um, with the knowledge, I kind of know finances and business and how to manage your bank accounts. But with budgeting and personal finance, that's a whole other story. Um, so I didn't really do budgeting. Like we didn't, that's just not something that we did. We kind of just looked at our bank account and we said, Hey, if we got the money, let's, let's swipe the card, you know, and credit cards. And yeah, if you want it, get it now, you know, free financing, you know, all of that. We got sucked into what is shown to us in media. In uh, 2017, when we had purchased our home, that's really when we decided we have to do things better. And it was actually my husband who discovered Dave Ramsey. I had heard his name. I had heard about the cash envelope system because he talks about that in yeah. his program. But I didn't really like follow it. I didn't do research on it. But it was my husband who shared with me. And this is probably three months after we signed took the closing on our brand new house that my husband discovered Dave Ramsey and he looked up those debt-free screens, you know, somebody paid off their mortgage and, you know, thousands of dollars and paid off in what, 12 months. And I'm like, there's no way at that time we had a few credit cards maxed out. We had uh, two car leases. Um, a medical bills, you know, it's the norm. Yeah. Um, and then of course you add in our mortgage. And so when he showed me that I'm thinking, how is that possible that somebody can do this scream that they're debt free? Like I, I, I was so curious. So I started doing my research and of course I looked up Dave Ramsey, financial peace university, we actually went through the program, we became coordinators ourselves, and I discovered the world of budgeting and cash envelopes and YouTube. 
So I was, we were on fire. We were just so excited because no one in our family had ever talked about this. Mm. And so we're like, if nobody talks to us, like we need to tell this. I don't care if like, if one person gets something out of it, then I did my job. Then I did what I was supposed to do in this world. So I decided, you know what, let's share our journey. And my husband was on board. So I picked up my phone and I just filmed, I think the first video was like five steps to financial success or I don't know, to like get the ball rolling. I talked about different systems that I was implementing in the start of our budgeting. And one of them was the cash envelope method. So yeah, I started my YouTube channel then. And I think at that point it was 2018 when I had first started that up. And I've been doing that ever since, sharing our journey, paying off debt, and now on the journey of saving for our down payment on our next house. So it's amazing the amount of people that you can reach and that have questions and that this is a topic that should be talked about in schools uh, to prepare the kids that will then become adults, you know, to make better decisions than what I have made. And we need to share that. We have to share that with the world. Yeah. I love that you said this wasn't really talked about in our house or even like in schools, bringing that point up. You know, as I was preparing for this, I kept thinking in my mind, um, I've always heard it said like the two things you're not supposed to talk about are money and politics. And you know me, like, (laughs) let's talk about both, right? (laughs) Let's stir the pot a little. Um, But I think that's so, that's such a good point and so true that it isn't something that's talked about. I know for me growing up financially, like, um, I would say lower middle class, like we just like, this wasn't a conversation. The only time I really ever remember hearing about money is like money's tight, money's tight, money's tight. Um, And so obviously you grow up knowing that, hearing that, not necessarily learning the the tools that you need to be successful with your finances. Um, And you get to this place in your thirties, forties and up where you realize that um, had you known these things prior, you would have done things differently. And so I think that leads us kind of perfectly into um, you telling us a little bit, please, about the cash envelope system. Um, I know that's a big piece of what you share on YouTube. And, um, that's probably like your go-to, you know, one thing that if anybody can get their hands on this system, that's going to help them. So I'd love for you to maybe share with people who that they've never heard of the cash envelope system or how that works. Um, just kind of share what your knowledge is on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with the cash envelope system, people do it a couple of different ways. And so let me just explain that piece and then how you can decide what works best for you because budgeting is personal. And so what I do, it may not necessarily apply to you or to any one group of people. It's all a matter of what you can pick apart and kind of make it your own. So with the cash envelope system, there is one that you could do cash less or using physical cash. So cashless, which a lot of people, there's there's actually places that are no longer accepting cash. 
which is kind of crazy to me. It blows my mind. But if that is you, then you can break things down into specific categories, your variable day-to-day spending. Focus on what do you spend the most money on? The big one is groceries. So maybe that could be a category. The next one is gas. The next one would be entertainment or eating out and your personal spending. You pick and choose what is best for you. So you'll have an account and you'll break things down. You can even have a little note card and write in your budgeted amount. And I'll get into how you can figure that out a little bit later, I guess. Then you have your cash method where you physically withdraw that amount of cash for those categories that you would come up with speaking to your family and how you guys do life. So to find out, well, how much, how much am I supposed to put into these particular categories? That would be your next question. Well, I spend, I don't know, $100, $150 in groceries, easy. Well, you might want to consider there might be some things that you would have to cut back on. What are your needs? Always start with your needs and then go from there. So to figure out that number, you first need to see, well, what do you actually spend money on? What is your true spending? And so if you listen to a very popular uh, person that is online, and she's actually been interviewed, the budget mom, uh, she talks about things like this. And I definitely agree with her method of looking back at your statements, looking back on your receipts, what do you spend the most money on highlight them, you know, it's going to take time, but it's worth it for you to see your true spending. Go through that. And then from there, you have a baseline of where you can then make your budget. And you might want to cut back because then you'll see, oh, you're going to the grocery store like three, four times a week and you're spending $180 per trip. When in reality, you might want to go twice because the more that you go to the store, the more you're likely to spend and therefore go over budget and in debt and the cycle continues. (laughs) Yes. So you want to break that down and figure out your numbers. Um, so then once you have that, you will withdraw that physical cash if you're a cash budgeter mm-hmm. um, for those specific categories. So you'll have a separate envelope titled grocery, gas, you know, and so on. And then with a the digital, you would just have a little note card and track to stay within budget. So that's kind of how that, that part works. Okay. There's another uh, method that I also use in conjunction with the cash envelope system. And I think that this is very impactful and what kind of changed it for us in our budgeting, because it's easy for me to say, oh, go through your bank statements, highlight, go and see what you spend. But how do you know if you're overspending? How do you know if that's too much or too little? Well, this is where, obviously, like I said, every family is different. Every household is different. Everyone's diet needs is different. So my grocery budget is not the same as yours, right? Yeah. So um, another influencer, uh, someone who has a program as well, is Jordan Page. And so I kind of use her method 
and Dave Ramsey with the envelopes together. And okay. I kind of made it my own using their principles. So Jordan Page had recommended to live within percentages. So this is percentage-based budgeting. Some people don't like it. Some people think it doesn't make sense, but just hear, hear me. <laughs> so the goal would be to live within 70% of what your take-home pay is. Realistically, that may not apply to many families because they're in debt. They have a car payment, one, two car payments, a lot of expenses. But that's your goal. You make $1,000, let's say, a week. You want to then try to have your spending cut down to the 700 And that goes for all of your bills, all of your variable expenses, everything that leaves that week, that should be your baseline. So in looking through your expenses and seeing, oh, well, if 70% if is why should aim to live off of, and you see that you go over that 70%, well, is there anything that you can potentially cut back on? Because your goal is to, you know, if you have debt is to become debt free. So it's a short period of time that you would have to make a sacrifice of cutting back on certain things. Okay, do you have cable? Cable? Is it a need? You know, do you really need cable? Right. Or if you have different TV subscriptions, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, I don't know what else is out there. <laughs> yeah. You have all of these uh, discovery. Um, maybe cut down to one or two. I know that they're not that expensive. What, $6.99, $10.99 a month, but those little expenses, they can add up. Yeah. And that, 15, 10, $15 that you're putting for that one subscription a month. Well, you can move that and put an extra $15 to your debt payment and get closer to your goal. So this is a great way for you to look and see, okay, well, am I going a little overboard with memberships and things that I'm a part of? Yeah. So that's where you can have that conversation and say, okay, this is going to be tough. This may last for a year or two of us not having this luxury because it's a luxury. Mm -hmm. And then you will get to your goal sooner. So that's living within that 70%. If you can't do it, start with 80. So let me Bump ask you, where does that other, what happens with that other 30%? So the other 30 is, now this is a personal belief of mine. Um, I do believe in tithing. So 10% of your income should go to tithing. If you are a part of a church, you are a Christian, that's what I personally believe, even if you are in debt. Even if you are in debt, you got yourself into debt. God didn't make that decision for you. He actually says that uh, we are slaves if we are in debt. Mm. So let's not, let's not uh, twist that yeah. up. <laughs> well, and it's like, why take away from God when I think to your point, like you're the one that made the decision to buy the big fancy car and get yourself yep. into debt. So that's not, it's not God's problem, right? Like yes, he still exactly. deserves his 10%. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm in agreement. For. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you on that. And I, and just real quick, a little tangent in there is 
if you're not religious, if you don't, you know, see that as being valuable to you, um, I can appreciate where you're coming from. But I would say personally, even if there is a charity or some sort of organization that you love that does good work in the world, I would definitely suggest taking that 10% that, you know, us as believers would put towards the work of the church um, and putting that towards an organization that you are passionate about that is doing good things. How do you feel about that, Lizzie? Absolutely. I would 100% agree. And that's what I share on my YouTube channel when I go through our budget that, hey, listen, even if you don't tithe, look for a way that you can bless a family member of yours or you know somebody that is struggling with something, well, you could take that and help them out. And like you said, help out an organization. Absolutely. I love that. So that's where that 10% can go to giving. Yes. Then the remainder 20% that you're left with from the 70, 30, that 20% will be applied to your goal, whatever your goal is. So you, if you don't have an emergency fund, I 100% would say you need to have an emergency fund if these past few years have not taught us anything. It's the fact that we have to be prepared Mm -hmm. and you just never know what could happen. So definitely start off with your emergency fund. Have something, a safety net in place for you. That way you'll be able to cover your bills. Um, If, God forbid, you were out of a job for a couple of months and you had to get on your feet. So if you have an emergency fund in place, great. Put that full 20% and tackle your debt. So each pay period, break that down into those percentages, and you're going to see progress um, in that. But again, if you can't do the 70, live within 70, bump it up to an extra 10%. So live within 80% of what your income is, and then you'll break it down 10% for your giving, and then the other 10%. For your goal. So what do you say to the person who's like, no, I'm in debt. Like I literally cannot spare to, to send that other thousand dollars or $2,000 towards my goal. I know that that's, it is kind of backwards thinking, right? You can, and you should, but what do you say to that person? Cause I'm sure you've heard that a time or two. Oh yeah. 80, <laughs> like 80% doesn't work or, you know, that is impossible for my area. Um, well, then it's an income issue. Mm. Uh, you might want to look for ways of, well, how can you then make extra money? So that way you can put that extra amount to your goal. Um, or is it a luxury? You know, it's, there's only two parts of the equation. There's your income and there's your expenses. Yeah. So if one of them is, you know, offsetting and you're putting out more than what you're taking in, well, go through and see, well, what are you, track your expenses. What are you spending Mm -hmm. your income on that is valuable? You're, you know, we're blessed with that. We're blessed with our income. How are we managing it? Are we being good stewards of it? Um, If you see that, well, you really, you don't have too much debt. You have maybe one or two credit cards and you have a car payment. Well, look at your car. How much are you paying out on your car? I know it's hard. As I mentioned in the beginning, we had two car leases. We were, we loved it. We loved that brand new car smell. 
and driving off the lot, it was so good. They, the car did not make a noise. We were not afraid of it breaking down. We knew we had a reliable car, but we were always going to make a car payment. It wasn't wise for us to uh, have this lease and go over in mileage because we did living in Florida. You drive and you drive and you go over your miles. Okay. Yeah. So that's what happened to us in both cars. And it was a learning experience. So look at your car and see is it, if you have a high car payment, is it worth it? Right. Like cars depreciate in value. Is it worth it? Yeah. And Dave Ramsey, he talks about it all the time. You hear his show. He's always saying, well, how much is your car? And like, sell the car, sell the car. I caution that. Like, it all depends. It makes sense in some cases. Sure. Um, so just look at that. What are you, what are you spending money on? You might want to cut back. But then yeah. if you can't cut back anymore, then it's a, it's something that you might want to focus on your income. How can you get a second job? I know it's not easy. It's easy for me to say, and because I haven't had to take on second jobs, thank God, but I've seen my mom do it. Um, I have people in my life that that's the only way that they can make it work and they make it work. So. Right. Yeah. I love that you mentioned uh, just the whole car thing. Eric and I have always had, um, we've just bought our cars outright for cash. We do not drive fancy cars. My car is a 2003 Ford Expedition. She, I call it Eddie because it's the Eddie Bauer edition. So my truck is named Eddie and Eddie is rolling, you know, he's still up and running. Um, Eric has a, I don't even know what year his Maxima is, but totally paid off. Are they, are they the most reliable vehicles? So again, you have to look at what works for your family. I work out of my house. I pick my kids up. I run errands. I don't need a brand new vehicle. Personally, I don't need a brand new vehicle to do that. My husband works five minutes away. He has a A to B car is what we call his car. It gets him from point A to point B. It has working air conditioning and a working radio. That's all the man needs in the world. Um, so again, look at your family. Look at what works for you. Like Lizzie said, like maybe a pre-owned, a nicer pre-owned vehicle is better than the new vehicle. Whereas a fully paid off cash vehicle is maybe better than the pre-owned vehicle. So look at kind of there, it's not an all or nothing. Like you can take small steps towards your goals. The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-shirts. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovetshirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. I think the other thing, and maybe I, I have a question about, is when you said go, going back and looking at your finances, Eric and I actually just did this. We pulled up our credit card app. We pulled up our bank account app. We he's a big spreadsheet guy. So we made a spreadsheet. We got all fancy with it and, uh, you know, tacked in all the things that we're spending our money on, you know, to your point house, you know, our mortgage payment, our gas tolls, these things are expensive here in Orlando. Um, 
you know, just different things for the kids, obviously groceries, but I love the point you made about looking at it all and then determining like, are we overspending in some ways? Because even like, for example, our grocery budget, which I have three boys, we've got, you know, we eat at home. We rarely go out to eat. So our, our grocery budget is a little bit maybe on the higher side than some other families, but once we knew the number that we spend on average, we made it a point to actually drop $50 lower than that. And that be our goal. And then if we spent that 50 bucks over the course of the week, we weren't like mad at ourselves about it because we had already kind of taken the time on the front end to lower the goal, if you will. What works, I know what works for a family, what works for, um, for a family like yours, that's just you and hubby, because I know the dynamic is probably a little bit different. Would you say you're more focused on kind of your like ancillary spending, your, your clothes and your entertainment and things like that? I know for us, that budget is very small. (laughs) So I'm curious what it's like, um, living, living your life, if you will. (laughs) We don't spend money like that. I, we, we love, we love food. Um, so our fun money is just going out and trying out new restaurants that we've never tried out before, but we do try to keep that budget, um, on the lower end because we have other goals. So, uh, for groceries though, we try to have our budget be, and this might be kind of extreme, but it's a whole principle going back to Jordan page. She also has uh, suggestions on what your grocery budget should be. Uh, But due to inflation, I would increase that by like $25 or so. So she says to live, uh, to spend $100 for each person in your household, starting at 300, that's for a month. Wow. So being a family of two, our budget would be $300 for the month, but I am going to increase that just due to cost and things going up. I would add like maybe 125 for each person in your household. Hmm. Um, so what is that? It will be like, we we try to do three hundred and twenty five dollars for the month because we've been okay with the three hundred mark, uh, and we just break it down each week. Hmm. So we just focus on only a week's worth of groceries, and we only go maybe twice a week to the grocery store, and that's how we manage. <laughs> Can you see my face? That's going. Yes, I'm I doing do. the math. <laughs> doing the math in my mind. I'm like, I literally spend double that. Um, so, so that's where which every, every person, every family is different diets, um, restrictions. So that's where you can kind of play with and say, well, like you said, drop it by $50 of what you've spent and what your true spending was when you went through and highlighted and marked up what your grocery trips look like and cut it back by a portion. And then maybe challenge yourself to let's cut it back by another $50. And like, how can we be creative and make it kind of fun? And I'm always up for a challenge. So we tend to do that over here. Like, Hey, what can we do by just like spending $25 this week? Can we do it? 
Yeah. And then save the rest or I don't know. Make it like a game almost. Yeah. And then the following week, all right, we're not going to go over. We're only going to spend what our budgeted amount is. And so it, it's worked. Um, it is a challenge. It does get frustrating at times where we do not want to cook and it's like, oh, it's just so much easier to go out to eat. But that's where you have to look at your why and remember that always keep it somewhere on a note card of like this is why we are being frugal and Mm -hmm. not jumping on that impulse of I really want a burger today I do not want to cook or pizza sounds amazing yeah let's not (laughs) yeah let's not go through the process of cooking and that's almost like you know as you're saying that it brings up to mind the principle of self-control I mean to a degree we've been asked um, as believers those of us that are believers to have a measure of self-control in our lives and you know I think a lot of people would automatically equate that to like lust or um you know, overeating or they're, you know, making anything an idol and, and, and just doing things impulsively. But, you know, there, there is a piece of this and and I'm convicted in this moment hearing you say that because yeah, it's so easy to just be like, I don't want to, we're going to do the fast, easy thing um, that may be more expensive, but is more convenient. And I think, especially as Americans, like We've just gotten so used to everything being convenient and easy that we've kind of lost sight of the fact that um, to be financially responsible, it does call us into a place of some self-control in our spending. So I definitely want to keep this conversation going. And I'm going to ask you specifically, because I know your YouTube channel is chock full of these things, any tips? tricks, tools, um, any other like things that people, well, let me say this people right now, I think are stressed to the max when it comes to their finances. I'll tell you, it's been since we bought our house almost two years ago that we really did a hardcore look at our budget because we, like you said, we had a goal. We were saving to get this house. So we had this very narrow view of what we wanted and what our goal was. And we went for it with savings. Now we're just here. We're living our best life. We're like in day-to-day mode because of the inflation, because of the things that we're seeing in the world, it made us go, oh no, we need to step, take a step back and revisit our budget and our finances. So what little things could you tell me as, you know, a person who is looking at their finances again, maybe for the first time in a couple of years, that things that we can do or things that we we can learn that are going to just help us through this process? I would say the first thing, don't give yourself grace. Okay. Don't, don't be stressed, make a plan. So the, the first plan would be get to tracking your spending. And if you are really wanting, wanting to be focused on your finances and Re, revamping it and adjusting things, you do still have to track your your spending. It's tedious. It's it it could be the part of of budgeting and finance that people don't really like. But if you are living paycheck to paycheck, you really should look at that and see. Okay, are, did we spend this 
correctly? Like, could there have been something else that we did? Or that's one suggestion. The other thing is with planning, you do have to be, you know, you have to plan, have something on your fridge where you will write down your meals because um, that's a way that we, as we've talked about, can get off track. Mm. Um, having a surrounding yourself with like-minded people to prevent yourself from over overspending uh, that may be your emails like you know you get those promotional emails like oh there's a sale at yes. such and such and uh, buy one get one free of xyz fill yeah. in the blank <laughs> we were talking about this the other I day oh <laughs> i heard it <laughs> we're like ooh, our favorite sunglasses are bogo and i was like look away look away like don't even but open the email it, it may be that you have to unsubscribe yeah from some of those things um it may be that you might want to temporarily unfollow certain accounts that might uh if it's it's the, like coveting right? It's like a coveting thing. And you're like fear of missing out when you follow your favorite influencer and you see that they're going on a trip to all of these different places. And my gosh, we've been in quarantine for the past two years. I want to go on a trip. And then you end up, you know, impulse purchasing a ticket and Mm. using your credit card to do so. I even think of like some of the home improvement and like real estate shows that I love. Don't get me wrong. Like I won't probably stop watching them, but at least being mindful in the moment, yeah. that like, I don't need this life. Uh, this is TV. And, um, you know, you see all the pretty beautiful, expensive things. You don't see the, the behind the scenes turmoil and you know sometimes drama that comes with owning a big big expensive piece of property or doing a massive renovation or things like that so sorry to interject but that was just what popped in my head yeah but I mean definitely just going back tracking keep Mm -hmm. tracking your expenses um keep living and writing up a budget talking and being on the same page with your family um if it's you know, you're a, a couple, husband and wife, or partners living together. Um, be on the same page and make sure that you're constantly having that conversation. It does get a little uncomfortable sometimes, but just revisit it. It doesn't have to be a, like a board meeting and very um, how do proper. Just hey, you know. Remember, we have these things going on this week and just a quick conversation. It doesn't have to be awkward, but that's a recommendation. Um, Eric and I, when we first got married, you know, again, we grew, we both grew up in like lower middle class. And so we, you know, we've always lived um, very frugally, I think, but we had a kind of a rule at the beginning of our marriage and that's gone through until now. Um, that if we were going to spend X amount of money that we needed to kind of loop the other person in prior. So like, he's not running to Best Buy and buying like a $500 TV on a Saturday. Like that's just not happening because we've had conversations about what that number is. And I think for us again, because we were, let's be honest, we were young and broke. 
um, because we were young and broke, <laughs> it was like 60 bucks. It was like, if you're going to spend anything more than $60 like today or on anything, like, can you give me a heads up? And really it wasn't. And I didn't even really think that we would have so many awesome biblical references to bring up today, but in this conversation, but that's about respecting your spouse. That's about um, honoring them in, in being, you know, open and honest about these conversations. So I, I keep interjecting, but I, I wanted yes, to point that, that out. Too. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why you're, you're, you're a team and you're, you're in this life together. And so you want to do everything to move forward and have it be beneficial for your family. Yeah. So definitely always be sharing and being on the same page. If you guys aren't on the same page, continue to have a discussion and um, rewrite your goals then. So it might be that, okay, well, then our goal has to change. Right. Um, have a system. Uh, so there's apps. Uh, you need a budget is a good one. The every dollar app where it could be synced. And that's a good way for both of you guys to be on the same page. We have every dollar. I have a whole video tutorial explaining it too, because I love it so much. It's very user-friendly. Uh, so just making sure that you have those systems in place and then figuring out what budgeting, whether it be using a debit card or using cash, you know, pick one and see how it can work for you. Mm -hmm. The other thing you mentioned, and, and this thought popped in my head as well, is um, just being around like-minded people. You know, I know that it's really easy to want to do what your friends are doing. So for example, like we're a one income family. Um, because of that, we don't take big fancy trips. Like our friends have invited us on fancy trips. And as much as like, I do sometimes have FOMO over that. And I do like wish that we could, it's not possible for our family, unless we went the route, like you had talked about where you are increasing your income. Um, so if I really wanted to take fancy trips, I could go out and get a job and we could like have a fund for fancy trip fund or whatever, if that was like a goal for us. Um, but because it's not, you know, even I, we have to say no to fancy dinners. We have to say no to fancy uh, trips and things. And I think there's something to be said for um, it's okay to be around people that maybe have more money than you or make more money than you, as long as they're not constantly either making you feel bad or lesser than for not being able to do that, or they're not enabling you to spend money you don't have to be able to kind of like run with them, if you will. What are yeah. your thoughts on that? That's a, that's hard because then they might ask why, or if they're, so I have pretty amazing friends and they all it's in, on all spectrums and they understand. So if you just say, Hey, you know, we're saving for a house or, you know, we're really wanting to do this. They'll understand and they'll be supportive. Yeah. But yes, like you said, if they're just like, Oh, you know, you know, it's okay to, to spend and treat yourself. You deserve it. You work hard, treat yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, you could, you could spend the money and 
I mean, that's fine. But ultimately, you saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. So if you have a goal, so like if you've got a goal to buy a new house and your friend says, let's take this cruise, does that serve your goals? Right. Is really the question you kind of have to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. And did you budget for it? Right. (laughs) So that's something else that is also, I guess, a, a tip would be while you are working towards your goal, whether it be you're paying off debt, you're saving for something big, um, have other, they're called sinking funds. Um, Dave Ramsey does not talk about this. The budget mom does. Okay. And so this is where I kind of picked and figured out what is going to be best for us. So you should have other savings buckets, which are sinking funds, where little by little, each time you can allocate a small, if you're in debt, focus on that. But throughout the course of the year, you Christmas comes up every year. It's expected, right? We all know that it's at the end of the year. And we all know that we want to spend money during that time. Since you know this, you should be saving a you know, a certain amount every so often throughout the year for that specific event because we know it's coming. It's yeah. not a surprise. It somehow ends up being a surprise come October, right? And yeah. you're, oh, you're oh, preaching to the choir. <laughs> you're preaching right now to me because I'm that girl who's like, like oh, it's November 30th. I, mean, I have not started yet, you know? So, and and that's where planning, like yeah. I am a planner girl. Um, I've always been a planner. I have to have structure. So when I learned about sinking funds, I'm like, well, that is the missing piece of the mm. puzzle. Why don't we do that? Let's so you're implement. not necessarily like, um, you're not stopping yourself from maybe having a nice Spending. trip or doing something fun or buying this gift for someone. You're just planning ahead with yes. small incremental. Yes. So it doesn't blow your budget. You're yeah. still, and that is a part of that 20% from the 70, 10, 20, 20% yep. is your goal. And that can be a portion to that, a portion to that savings. Um, for a trip, Christmas, uh, birthdays, your anniversary, whatever it is. Um, the 4th of July is coming up. Do you buy fireworks? Do you buy food to grill out? That is a pretty hefty expense for families. Have you thought about that? Um, those are things that you might want to consider. I haven't thought about that. Look at that. So those are things that it's an annual event. It happens once a year and you know, the date again, it's, it's not a surprise, but it tends to be. (laughs) I love it. You're so right. You're so right. So, But that's something that we, we should have a, have a savings account. Um, You don't necessarily, I like to, for, for those purchases, those for Christmas and um, holidays, those type of things. I do like to take that out in cash because when I have it in cash, it's in a safe. I don't see it in my account, so I'm not going to spend it. Yeah, That's me. Some people like to transfer it out into a completely separate, like online 
savings account. Ally is a great one that earns a little more interest than your typical uh, bank. Mm -hmm. um, Capital One 360 is another one. Transfer it out and have it be for that specific purpose. That savings is for Christmas um, or for holidays, and I'm not going to touch it until that time comes. Then I can transfer it out easily and spend the money that I saved throughout the course of the year. So if you're looking at it now, we are in the middle of March when I'm talking here with you. So if the 4th of July is a couple months away, we'll figure out, well, how much do you want to spend on the barbecue or on fireworks? And then figure out how much you're going to save each week or each pay period mm -hmm. for that specific thing. As you're paying your bills, as you are saving for other things, paying off debt, you can also, hopefully, if you have the room in your budget, put a little bit aside for that. That way, you'll see the money and say, okay, well, this is our budget. If we didn't save enough, this year, we're going to do it small. Mm -hmm. Or maybe other people can contribute to the food and have it be a potluck type of thing. So those are, those are things that I had missed when, when I had first gotten married. I hadn't. I didn't think about saving for Christmas. I always put it on a credit card or even going on trips. I always put it on a credit card. I never planned for those events that were going to happen in my life. And now I'm like, well, if it's $5 that I can save this pay period, because we have so many bills coming out right now and we have to stock up a little bit on food, we don't have the wiggle room. I'm only going to put $5 then. It's $5 more than I had yesterday. So some people get discouraged. Um, I did get discouraged on, well, if I can only put this amount and it's not hundreds of dollars. Well, that's great. That's more. And it's going to add up over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. $5 every week in a savings that adds up. And so just be thankful that you're, your mindset is changing and you're being intentional on those specific savings. So I, I love that. I love those savings buckets and that idea. I do and too, because I think it gives you something to save towards. Like for me, when we were saving for our house, it felt so good to see that number creep up and up and up and up and up and up every, yeah. every week, every month, every paycheck. Um, now that we don't necessarily have that goal, I'll be honest, we don't have a goal. We don't, we're not necessarily working towards anything. We're working to maintain. And that feels very, um, like a rat race that feels very much like a hamster on a hamster wheel. Whereas I feel like if we had a goal, say a summer vacation or a winter vacation or whatever that is, if we had something that we were stocking that money aside for, because I'll tell you, we are debt free as well. Um, we use our credit cards, but we use them and we pay them completely off. That's kind of our system, um, which I'm sure you have thoughts on that as well. Um, <laughs> but now to hear this conversation and, and it's already something that, that I had been feeling, but it would be nice to have something that we're saving towards and not just kind of making ends meet right now. Um, it gives, I think the person who's saving some incentive and something to look forward to every time that that um, number just ticks up higher and higher. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, 
to referencing the credit card. Yes, let's. Um, Dave Ramsey, he is completely against credit cards. You know, he says, cut him up, cut him up. And I agree with him to an extent. Yeah. Um, we also use credit cards um, for those sinking funds that I withdraw cash for, right? I don't carry that money with me everywhere I go. I am not going to carry however much I have in there with me just in case I happen to find something for a birthday present for my niece or my nephew. You know, I'm I'm not about to do that. I do, however, have an app where I can see what I have in those categories. Simple budget envelope. I think it's like a $2 charge, but I have it there that way when I'm at a store and I'm doing um, Christmas buying and I see something, a a good deal on something that I know would be great for my mom or whoever. I'm not going to go home, get my cash from my safe, go back to the store and purchase it. First of all, that's a waste of gas. Right. <laughs> At $5 a gallon. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I have a credit card that I will swipe, purchase it, and I know that I have the money for that purchase. It not only is beneficial for the rewards, if you use a rewards credit card and cash back and yeah, it's free money. I don't care if it's a dollar, it's a dollar more Yes, for something that I was already going to buy. Right. And if I had cash to, to purchase, I wouldn't have made interest or, you know, cash back from it. So at the end, I do exactly what you do, pay it off. I would go into that envelope pull out the amount of money that I paid for on my credit card and then pay it back once I get that that statement balance because you can't pay it if it's pending. You have to wait till it posts. <laughs> so that's what that's what we do. And um we get cash back from it. We are in control. We're not overspending on that. We are responsible. So if you have a credit card you can have it if you know how to use it responsibly. Um, don't point. spend what you don't have. You know, that's where then you might want to just leave it in, at home. If you right. can't control, don't carry your credit card with you. Yeah. If you, maybe you do have to go and make that trip home uh, in, at your house and pull the cash um, and be that extreme. If you really are just not in control of your purchases. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great point because you do hear a lot about like how bad credit cards are, but, and, and to your point about being responsible with them, we lived cash. And when I say cash, I mean our debit card. We literally, if we had it there, we, we could spend it, right. We've had our savings, but if it was in our checking account and it was allotted for spending, you know, we, we could spend it. If the money wasn't there, we didn't spend the money. <laughs> we didn't have a credit card to fall back on. We didn't have, you know, these like random funds coming up from nowhere. We had what we had. And if we mm-hmm. didn't have it, then that's it. That's the end of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So we did that for the first 12 years of our marriage where we lived 
cash. We lived on with what we made, you know, within our means. And it really did teach us now that we're in a season where we are using credit cards that the, the goal of the credit card is exactly what you said. It's to earn extra money. Like I get so many Amazon dollars <laughs> and I can spend it on Amazon. No problem. <laughs> um, but I love, you know, logging into my Amazon. Like yesterday I was going to purchase some things that I was going to go to the store and purchase anyway. I bought them through Amazon. I got like $17 off my order because of my rewards for my credit yeah. card. So I think that's a great point too, because like I said, so many people are just anti-credit card. And if, again, if you, if you've trained yourself in a way to be responsible with that and, and then it it shouldn't be an issue. Lizzie, before we go, I'm going to have you share with everyone a little bit about where they can find you online and follow you and maybe tell us one or two of your favorite videos that they should check out on your YouTube channel. Yeah. So I am, you can find me at YouTube naturally Lizzie and on Instagram, it's naturally Lizzie 0922. I share other information over there. I do have a website with some free uh, printables, printable cash envelopes, worksheets for your budget. Uh, And my website is budgetessentialsco.com. And oh gosh, a video. There is for beginners, how to start a cash envelope system. It's one of my most popular ones. Uh, That one I definitely would recommend checking out. And another one is using a bill tracker. And so it's a worksheet I had created on, it's up on my website. So you can print that out and kind of follow along how you can set up yours as well. Awesome. Thanks, girl. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. I know money is tough and people sometimes shy away from talking about it. But like I said, I think at this point in where we are in the world, like this is a great conversation that I think helped a lot of people. So if you guys got any value out of this episode, I know you did. Um, Make sure to like and comment, subscribe to this channel and go over and check out Lizzie's channel as well and subscribe. I know she would appreciate that so much. And uh, thanks, guys. I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for watching today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of your All My Favorite People merch. And I'd love it if you also left me a review. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on. So people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.